Hello. It's 9.55. You're listening to... Hi. Hello. Or No, the podcast where we discuss culture, objects and artifacts of entertainment media, whether we would consider them to be high art, low art, or no art at all. And that's about as mature as I'm going to be the entire episode. So today we're discussing, as the seventh episode in our Romance and Film series, Her, the 2013 Spike Jones-directed Man Falls in Love with Not Siri movie, starring Joaquin Phoenix, the voice of Scarlett Johansson, Amy Adams, Olivia Wilde, Chris Pratt briefly before his hunkification, and a whole lot of beige. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm George. I'm Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm Joseph. Um, we're doing very well, George. What do you mean by beige? God, this movie. This movie is, is beige. Yeah. It's very warm. Yeah, not, yeah, not the, n- the film itself isn't beige as in boring, but it looks beige, yeah. Oh, that's fine. Sorry, I, I thought you were making a nasty, nasty point there, George, about saying this film was bland, boring shite. No, I mean, like maybe I was. Maybe. Martin, maybe no. you weren't, but you've uh, you've corrected yourself, and Martin mm. said something that's very, very beautiful. Yeah, no, it's very warm. This is a warm film. Yeah, there's no blues. Not that much green, either. Everything is weirdly sandy and dusty and dusky and... Right, okay. Since George, I think, has just fallen asleep. I'm going to just cut in here and say (laughs) we're we're getting on a serious point. Yeah, do you want to talk about the cricket today? Yeah, why not? Um, I would love to talk about cricket. My goodness me, what a day to be involved in cricket. No, not cricket. (laughs) As much as I'd love to, Joe, let's let's stick to her for now, and then we are going to have a good chat about the cricket. Um, Like this this whole beige topic, that's the whole point in itself. So let's just start out by talking a little bit little bit about the film itself, bit of an introduction to I do no, it. Let's just no 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 avoid beige, avoid beige. I was making a joke. I was making a quick joke. But I think just, it is a good point to let's talk just about. Establish where we are, guys. Yeah. Where are we on the film? That's what I'm her? saying. Let's do that first, but I want to come back to the beige point. I want to come yeah, back to that. Come back to the beige topic. Let him speak. <laughs> but Martin, where do you feel about her? If it's just high, low, no, are we going straight off the bat? Yeah, you can do that if you like. Uh this is a fantastic piece of high art um i don't think it's necessarily as high art as some of the other films we've done in this season venom. okay yeah sure venom why not um but no things like phantom Aren't you gonna Thread. Step in and defend yourself joe <laughs> <laughs> i don't need to <laughs> it speaks for itself exactly it does no uh, it, and like what it says is hungry <laughs> Things like Phantom Thread and the worst person in the world are... Star is born for you. Yeah, they are higher art films, but this is still high art. I don't, it's really hard to explain. I don't want to take too much time just trying to explain my point. So I'm going to stick to high art now, and then as we go on, I think I can justify myself, okay? George, you next. No, not me. No, you go, go on. Fine. Um, I don't really like this movie a great deal, but I can't really d- say it's not high art. Um, I feel it trying for that a lot of the time, but I don't think it doesn't succeed. Um, in, in as much as I think it basically is successful um, in certain fashions, and I do get something out of it, and it's hard to put to words what that something is without sounding uh, like fucking 
trite. Um, and I think that's kind of a weird tenet of high art, where it's like, well, the more you try to so put you're it saying into high works, art, yeah, I think the more you try to put some put like Arc-a-doke. a feeling that a piece of art so gives Martin you. Martin says high art. You're saying high yeah. art. This yeah. might become a circle jerk because I'm going to say high art as well. I'm afraid. Fuck yeah. yeah but the fun of it is, is I think you both really like slash love this movie, and I I don't. Okay, fair play. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think there could be a um, a way to sort of argue that this is low art and come out from a very sort of yeah, trashy. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, oh shit, we're all agreeing again. Yeah. This is not great. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go high art for this film. Boom. Great. Okay, Martin, what you, what did you want to say about beige? Well, it's just it is a very warm looking film, and this there's no way this is just a coincidence. This is absolutely a stylistic choice. Um, I think it's just I don't know. Maybe I read into it too much with this one, but like the whole idea of there's this whole world out. Why there. are we talking about this movie if you're not going to read into it? I know it's yeah, high yeah. art, and I know you're no, self conscious no, about it. But just do it. We're, go- we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to go into it, but I think I'm just stretching myself a bit here where I'm saying, like, maybe it's the whole idea of, like, we're in this world and there's so much out there and these beautiful, like, the sky should be blue and everything. And you're just stuck inside your own head. And so in Mm. this boring, this guy's got this boring, dull world. He's lost the love of his life. And the only thing he can find solace in is this AI, like, or OS, sorry. Um it's a beige oh, world, yes. isn't if you it? Swi- if you switch it around, it's S-O for significant other. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? Is that po- poignant? I don't know. I think the movie wants it to be poignant. I didn't pick up on that bit, to be honest. But um, I made that up. I don't yeah. know, it's true, but... <laughs> um, it is odd that they keep calling them OSs. I was just using an OS. Yeah. I was like, yeah. OS of what? Is she like Apple? <laughs> is she Windows? Yeah, you're right. I th- AI is, is the right term. Um... But yeah, if I think it's just the idea of this guy living in his own world, basically, and it's a boring world with all these tones of beige and reds and greys. And it just kind of shows like this this film kind of portrays his world as this kind of dull, boring place. And the only thing he's got going for him is this fantasy, essentially. I completely agree that it is portrayed in a certain way and it is a bit beige. But by what we were saying about beige earlier... It's soft, warm colours. You know, there's lots of reds, there's lots of pinks, I there's oranges and yellows. It's it's nice, warm colours. It's not necessarily boring ones. I think you're right. It's, it's red when he's wearing red. Yeah, and it's trying to give tones to like, you know, red's like a colour of love, isn't it? So it's trying to give those warm tones of this this nice relationship that these two have because there are elements of it where it's wanting mon- you to feel like kind of... It wants you to enjoy this relationship for what it is. So mm. I think it tries to portray that a bit in flashes of colour, like the reds when he wears it and things like that. Okay. But it is mainly tonally just quite dull. Mm. Okay, because I was going to say one of the really striking things from this film out from the outset is the colour palette that mm-hmm. it uses, which I think is so um, almost fantastical. It's so sort of extreme. Yeah, it's pushed absolutely. To, uh, to an edge, yeah. Which I think sort of... Um, it's so superficial, isn't it? It's kind of artificial. I've got it on my it's artificial. It's um, it's it's almost synthetic. So it's a bit like the world that he is inhabiting in the future. Everything is synthetic and artificial and cyber. So it kind of brings us into that kind of nice, warm, comfy world that he's living in, which I think do it and it does a really good job of doing that because from the outset you know something's a bit off, something's a bit odd here. Mm. Yeah, I. 
I mean, something's off what? with Joaquin. You know, something's off with him. Like, full stop. Something's really off with us. Yeah, this He's is true. Off. He's, everything about him is off. God, I'm going to kind of go off so mean about Joaquin after this and Joker. I really like Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I like to come on, come on. I really love um, the village, and I think he's great in signs. I um, think he's excellent in Gladiator. What a great movie that is. But uh, And he's very, very... I definitely like him in her more than I do in Joker. That's just like, out of the way. He's better in her. Um, he gets to dance in her in a way that feels like... Um, Dorky. Um, well, I guess he dances in Joker. He does dance in Joker in a dorky way. But it's uh, not a dorky way. It's a sinister, uh, scary way. Do you think he can sing? Because now Joker 2 is going to be a musical with him and Lady Gaga. Oh, like, my God, can, George, can where are we sing? going? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, he's repulsively talented. I'm sure he can sing beautifully. I don't think he can sing. I just am fascinated. Can we try it? Sorry, and you can cut this bit out if you want because it's not related to her. Is that true? Yes. Because I saw the name. No, it's true. I saw the name of the film, and it's like, I get the name. It makes sense. Wait, what, what, is, what is the name? Folie Adieu. Yeah, fo- Folie Adieu, uh, as opposed to okay. Pas de Deux. But Folie Adieu, Folie Adieu is like a mental illness that affects like two people commonly. I thought Folie Adieu translated to Madness Needs Two or something like that. That's, I mean, yes, uh, it's, that's, what it's, that's what the translation is, but like it, it actually refers to a, a mental illness uh, that's like diagnosable, like, uh, supposedly. Well, I'm right, like, okay. mad, madness shared by two, I think. Yeah. So, you know, people knew, oh, they're bringing in Harley Quinn to like realistic Joker movie. Oh, is that and what she's doing? Oh, yes. Oh, fine, but, but then you're all like, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lady Gaga can't play realism. <laughs> I mean, oh, she's great in Star Is Born, but like after House of mm-hmm. Gucci, I'm like, what is she going to do for, for, for Harley Quinn? In a musical? A musical? That Wow. I mean, it managed to get me interested in a Joker sequel, which I wasn't going to be. But you know what I thought of when I heard that? I was like, well, Martin wasn't far off with Joker and Riddle of former fishing boats company and get some shrimp. I still think that's a great idea. Tell me it's oh, not. Yeah. Tell me it's oh, not. That's great. No, no, never, never. Um, No, I, yeah. I, uh, uh, Martin, you just watched this movie like like literally like 10 Yeah, I literally watched, watched the film, joined the Zoom call, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, so I'm can fresh. you like run us chronologically here? Because I don't have like... Uh, this yeah, movie, I, don't, I can give I don't it a go, expo- but yeah, it's, it's a really hard one to explain, even chronologically, because it sort of just like mm. it go not goes back and forth, but you revisit things so often, I lose track. But essentially, we've got um, it's Theodore, isn't it? Yeah, Theodore mm. Twombly. Yeah, so he's a writer. Very normal name. Yeah, very like essentially they try to portray him clearly as like just a normal guy. He's a writer. We're in this weird like kind of. It's still Martin, I was being sarcastic. Okay, he's a normal guy, really, though, isn't he? Like, I genuinely with a think very normal name, Twombly. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah, it's in this weird, like, kind of futuristic sort of world, but not too far removed from where we are now. And he's recently, I think they say it's within like the last year or so, isn't it? Him and his wife, who's played by Rooney Mara, split up, and he gets this AI voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And and it just kind of, you know, she spends time with him. She's in his ear the whole time and he starts falling for her and they start spending a lot of time together going on dates. But she's still like almost his secretary. He arranges, she arranges dates for him. He goes on a date with Olivia Wilde and it goes really well. But he can't commit, probably because he's still hung up on his ex-wife. But his relationship with Samantha 
His OS continues to grow. Um, and then it kind of all falls apart, really. I'm really summarising it really, really badly here. It all falls apart. I've completely forgotten to mention Amy Adams' character in this. This, Please forgive me for this terrible synopsis of the film. But he's got his friend Amy Adams, and she's with someone at the start of the film. She, they, she splits up with her boyfriend, um, and Samantha is clearly jealous of her. Theodore kind of avoids spending time with Amy Adams' character because... He doesn't want Samantha to be jealous. And then it kind of gets to the end of the film where Samantha starts talking to other people, not romantically necessarily, but just other AIs, becomes like a higher being. Yeah, she becomes Lucy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, becomes this weird higher being almost where she's grown out of her... You can't say physical form because she didn't have one, but she's grown out of her current form and is ascending. To achieve singularity. Yeah. And... Because of that, base she leaves Theodore, and Theodore's like, "Well, I might as well go for the woman I loved the whole time, Amy Adams." And that's a terrible synopsis of her. Yeah, I think that is a terrible synopsis. Of so, her. what I, I would a- appreciate is George yeah. cut that out and do it yourself. <laughs> do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sword. <laughs> I, I'm just. I- it's just I did never pick up that Samantha was even remotely jealous of Amy Adams's character. She literally asked, "Did you two ever go out?" Does that not yeah. scream jealousy? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm showing on. my ass again, like on you the are. worst person in the world episode. Like I'm just like I don't know. I, th- I think I that's I a good. I think that's a good synopsis of a really difficult film difficult to, to summarise. Well, up shows. thank you, yes, Joseph. No, no, I really appreciate that. No, fuck I, you, George. I, Martin, I love you dearly. That was a that was a perfectly fine synopsis of a perfect. Oh, look at him! Look at him retreating now. Look at him. No, fine, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna cut it out anyway. Away, I'm like just gonna insult yeah. you the whole fucking time. <laughs> um, no, I. Okay, let's just so how how many times have you guys seen this film? I've seen it twice now. I've seen it twice. I think I've seen it twice, yeah. Right. I saw it for the first time in like 2014 when it got its customary like year later or like a couple of months into the new year UK Oscar release. I think same. Can I just jump in? I thought I had never seen this film before. When I started watching it a couple of, well, like a week ago or whatever, I was like, oh shit, I've seen this. Which I would have thought would, that's a bad sign, isn't it? If you can't remember a film until you start watching it. Then when I finished it this time, I thought, no, there's no way I would never remember this film. So I don't know what's going on. Somewhere you don't I know if you've seen it before or not. I've definitely seen the first 10 minutes before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I have seen it before. Yeah. Maybe I was just a bit drunk. Well, not yet. I was going to say young, but that's not true. <laughs> so maybe drunk you is the answer. Well, yeah. like in 2014, we were both, you know, like around the time so we could say, we came out, we'd have been 17. Maybe I was drunk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, when was the first time you saw it? I can't give you an exact time, but I would guess anywhere b- around the 2016-17 mark. Mm. I wouldn't have watched before it in cinemas. Before the age of Letterboxd Martin. Yeah, before the age of Letterboxd Martin, kind of the age of just joining the cinema and getting into films for the first time in his life, Martin, who had a lot of catching up to do and, quite frankly, still has a lot of catching up to do. What did you think of it the first time you saw it? I thought it was incredible. I'm not as fond on it the second time round. I still think it's fantastic, but certainly not as good as I remembered it. Ooh, ooh I'm interested now. <laughs> Wait, so how incredible did you think it was the first time? Well, I gave it five stars on Letterboxd, and I don't give anything Whoa. five stars, so... Wait, have you rated it now? No, I haven't put it back on, but I can tell you I will give it four stars. Ooh. 
I didn't rate it. I just thought I would be cheeky and jo- like in my in my review last night. I just said, "What if the poster for Joker was Scarlett Johansson's face?" But, but yeah, um, it's weird that the poster for her. I mean, it's not weird. I know what it's doing, but it is just funny that it's called her. It's about you know her, Samantha, and the poster is just Joaquin Phoenix's face. I think this movie has done bad things to the way that people watch movies and like market movies. I feel like it's responsible for a lot of the A24 ification. And I like A24 most of the time, but I feel like it's it's sort of like inspired a wave of the A24 ification of like film marketing and film media and the one perfect shotness of film Twitter and everything and like, oh, it's so feelsy mm. and smart and yeah. philosophical. And uh, it is all of those things. I don't disagree. I'm just sick of that. As like, watching this, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, my my a, a really good friend of mine, who I don't think listens to this this podcast, to be honest. Um, and and why would he? But his review on Letterbox is perfect. He just says contains enough truth for it to be all the more frustrating not to find the answers I'm looking for. And that was by John Wilders, who's a wonderful man. And I'm just like, yeah, bang, boom, nail on the head. That's all I have to say. I'm like, yeah, I get this. Like, I can see things of me reflected in it i think i'm probably too lonely myself to love this because i don't like being reminded of that fact oh dear but um yeah i i just kind of like uh, why did i pick this why did i include this in the romance series i don't know George, so that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good question i'll answer that question why did you do that because w- when we we're talking earlier before we started recording you were pissing all over this why did you include this film? Uh, I included it because my memory of it when I saw it was was um, y- you and I had the same history teacher, Alex Zizeki, right? And I would often go Shit, to him. Yeah, I would often go to him. Big shout after, out, um, Mr. Zizeki. Zizeki, mm. yeah. no, wonderful, wonderful gentleman. Like, and and this was like he'd gone away, I and mean, then he'd come back and he'd shaved his head. He looked like Lex Luthor. It was awesome. Like He'd gone a Lex bit bold. That's well, what happened. Well, he was George. always going bold. Now he just shaved his he head. He just embraced it. Yeah. Like he William should do. Looked friend William. Uh, yeah. He looked like friendly Lex Luthor. And we would talk about movies a lot. And I would talk about like things I'd watched. And mm-hmm. I said, I went to see her at the cinema the other day. He went, Oh, how do you think about that? He's like, Yeah, have you seen, you know, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind? It's like that. And, uh, and it's good. And he went, like, That's one of my favorite movies ever. And I went, like, I love that movie too. I don't Aww. think it's as good as that, but it's good. And in that, it's a romance, it's a film about love that is a science fiction movie that has a very, like, distinct style and the aesthetic. And they're both, like, that movie's written by Charlie Kaufman. Spike Jones has directed two Charlie Kaufman movies which are great, uh, being John Malkovich and adap- adaptation. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot in common there uh-huh. um, creatively. And I was like, yeah, no, it's good. It's definitely very good. It's obviously very good. I don't love it, but, you know, and now I'm in exactly the same boat. Like eight years later, more experienced, more pain, more loneliness. And I'm still like, I'm in the same place on this movie. It's clearly artistic and clearly philosophical and clearly intelligent in a lot of ways. It's also a little facile and also a little like, uh, like easy in some places that really bug me, and 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 yet it. By the time it gets to the end, I'm like, oh yeah, now we're cooking because it leans into science fiction and leans into devastation. It stops being a movie about a lonely fucking asshole or lonely fucking miserable twat, and instead becomes about like separation, about about like romance. And I thought. Put it on the romance series. It'll be an excuse to watch it again. Martin and Joe will both like it. Okay. It'll be an interesting episode. Okay. I hope so. And. Also, it's definitely a romance film because it's about a man who falls in love with his computer. What an interesting way to talk about romance. And uh-huh. and there's a lot of stuff about romance and dating in it. But it's also so much about like how we live now, in quotes. 
And now I just feel like it feels so divorced from everything I've thought about modern life in the last like three, four years. Feels like a complete fairy tale in a way that I like, a way that I do really like. Like the, the, the setting is, is a city, it's LA, but also Shanghai and also seems to be in the desert. Uh, I mean, LA is in the desert. And you're kind of like, huh? funny. Uh, that's a, like, it's this nebulous middle ground liminal space of just like perfect world utopia, nothing big city. Well, it's just a sort of, you know, Matrix style mega city. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. So yeah, skip. And, Next. and just, you know, it feels divorced from the how we live now, but it's trying to be the how we live now. And well, it's also it's not doing specific. In, what, what do you think? Maybe 30 years? 20 years, actually, maybe. No, I think in 30 years, we're all going to be dead. I think we're all going to be dead in 15 years. But we deserve to be. Yeah, mm. but no, seriously. Yeah. Uh, 20, 30 yeah. years, maybe, I think. Yeah, maybe. For this yeah, film in the future. I think this is supposed to be and like yeah, 2030 right. from the time it's released. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it was filmed in Shanghai. A lot mm. of it. Maybe there was a bit of CGI, but not much. There is um, compositing and then, But most of them are very obvious, mm. uh, famous Shanghai buildings, so there's not really much. But there's a lot of LA stuff and um, the Disney But it's very clearly sort of, you know, meant to be um, West Coast US. Mm. Um, there's a beach on the Pacific Coast. Yeah, indeed. And um, yeah, I, I, <sighs> lovely cold beach. I um, want this to be a romance film about dating an AI. And then it does some of that stuff. Yeah, it's oh really okay. interesting. Yes. And instead, yes. it, it's really vague in a lot of ways. There's that bit where Chris Pratt asks him, what do you like about Samantha? Yep. And he goes, I don't know. There's just so many things. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, hang on, hang on. Let's just slow down and go with this. Um, you want it to be a film about dating an AI. You know, like in so many films, or and relationships, no, when someone's like, oh, wh- what do you like about her? And you know when you're head over heels, and you say, oh, I don't know, so many things. Is that not realistic? Is that not what happens in real life? Why, w- why would he not say that to an about an AI? And who can actually say why they'd love an AI? Like, how can how can you answer that question? It's not that I think the question is easy to answer. I would appreciate if the movie tried to give me more specifics. Like, there's that thing in the letters he's writing where he mm. makes reference to in one of the couples, like, ah, oh, your crooked little tooth. And then he reveals, I've been writing their letters for eight years, and I mentioned it in, like, the first letter that they sent, so I just know this. I know the specific of this story. And I'm like, great, that's good writing. Where is that in the writing between fucking Theodore and Samantha? A lot of it is sort of coasting on the vibes writing what do you mean writing the, script the, the, writing the dialogue or like the, the, the way that they can talk to each other without so using wait, proper nouns hang on okay. take a chill pill are you, are you saying are you criticizing the screenwriting or are you saying why doesn't Theodore say such romantic deeply felt things about Samantha no I'm criticizing the screenwriting I know, like, you know, okay. uh, let's, well, let's I say I was criticizing right. why doesn't Theodore say that things about Samantha. What would your response well, be? Uh, because he has disassociated feeling emotions and romance from the notion of romance because that is his job. Romance is his job and emotions are his job. He's disassociated. So that's a good character. Um, but you, you are... You are <laughs> you are <laughs> no, I, I basically agree with you. <laughs> Stop being annoying. So you are no. criticizing <laughs> the screenwriting because why? Because because I you know what the movie sets out. To, what what I want from the movie is is the movie's not going to give me. Do you know what I want from the movie? I wanted to be watching Blade no, Runner twenty forty nine. No, I don't know. I don't give a shit about <laughs> what you just said. I asked why are you criticizing the screenwriting for because Theodore's dialogue because with Samantha. <sighs> 
I'm fucking like I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> no, it's not that. I I don't like that. This is so. Um, there is a bizarre lack of specificity into their relationship. Um, anytime it has to treat her like a person, whereas where it reckons with the interesting notion of she's an AI and leans more into science fiction, I find it both more romantic more interesting as a metaphor and like more compelling and whenever it tries to sort of be more casual like it it it's it's less interesting because because the more casual it gets the more you can just sort of see it trying to be about theodore and then you're like i don't really know much about this guy beyond the feeling of the movie which is obviously so entrenched in his perspective that's that's good filmmaking fine but like you don't know much about him specifically why did he get divorced like what are the moments he's he's he, what are the moments he's obsessed about what's this thing with his wife what's like their relationship like it's all broadly drawn it's so broadly drawn like all the yellow paint they're using to paint it as sunny gets stretched out and spread out until it becomes beige and that my friends is a callback <sighs> I'll just say, I think a more romantic, futuristic movie about falling in love with artificial intelligence and reckoning with that, and yeah. also reckoning with human loneliness, is Blade Runner 2049. And that movie makes me, like, really, like, shaken. It's also insane, like, insistent upon, like, knocking you out with its visuals. It's not sort of, like, peaceful and kind of Ooh, aesthetic like her, which feels like it was shot by an Instagram filter. You know, it does feel like that way. This is not no, this um, is a fun jab, but it does feel that way. Blade Runner twenty four nine was shot by Roger Deakins, and it's fucking awesome. Right, okay. Can we just hammer this shit out once and for all? I enjoy the Instagram filter, um, sandy, you know, easy peasy, um, Lana Del Rey esque. Shit eating grin on my face. What? I've got a shit-eating grin on my face. Go on. Well, that makes for great audio. Um, thing of her, because, yeah, it would be so... Her is e in Lana Del Rey, or her is in her, the pronoun of the movie. I'm not in the mood for this, George. <laughs> I'm holding a pencil, which I recognise has really made me very argumentative um, this evening. Oh, my God, he's got... Joe, put the pencil down. And oh, no, it's turning very, into a knife. Very sharp, George. So sh just tone it down. <laughs> I enjoy the filter on this film because it would be so easy to have a film set in the future about relationships between a human and an AI and make it um, bright, brilliant, jazzy, cool, Matrix, Blade Runner-esque. I like that they go in the exact opposite direction. For me, that just makes it a little bit more interesting. And the fact that it is so beige and warm makes it intimate, which is what this film is. It's all about intimacy and this one character and getting to know this one relationship. That's why I like it. Well, and you had a lot of thoughts during my, my, my bit there. So let's get it out of the way. Blade Runner 2049, masterpiece, different film. Different film, okay. Um, I, I think... The whole idea. Of I don't know. I could have sworn they had the same title. One of them is called Blade Runner 2049, and the other's called Her. Joe Stoll in that pencil. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but we're also watching a film that was sh that was released in 2013, and we're talking about this whole Instagram filter idea. And the world itself was a different place in 2013, where it's like filters were such like a 
they're not now where it's like trying to make the photos look as professional as possible. In 2013, you were trying to make pictures look as like, I don't even know what the word is. Like the saturation was just thrown as high as it could go just for the sake of making colours pop. And that's what this does. It makes those red pops. And look at the poster. It's red for the point of that colour is meant to stand out in such a beige world. Red is meant to stand out. So I'm with Joe that the colours work in this film. Yeah, it's beige and it's boring, but it absolutely works when those colours pop as well. Look at his office. The start of the film and these like red mm. chairs against these beige and these white walls. And it looks great, but it feels futuristic as well. It feels far enough removed that it's not the world we're accustomed to, but it feels close enough where we can almost relate to it as well. It doesn't feel foreign. Yes. That's a lot of the things I think they were trying to go for in production design. And I, like I say, it's a good aesthetic to individualise it that doesn't like tickle my sci-fi funny bone as much as other things do. Um, that's just a personal thing. It does feel like a fairy tale it because it is trying to for something utopic and um utopian or whatever and that is feels so divorced to me just like but i'm I'm a nihilist now so um you know when we did that film that martin hated about jared butler in truth (laughs) that's the one don't remind me um we said that that was a comedy film with a little bit of rom thrown in just I to guess. get women to watch it. We did say that at one point. Or maybe I, I said that. You said that, but I yes. I, 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 I don't think I you agreed. Meant. No, I did not. <laughs> but yes, no, <laughs> I... No, I, I, I did. Fine. I did. What, do you, what do you mean about... People that matter. What did you say, Martin? I agreed. Ah, oh, that's the main thing. That's the most important thing. That's all that matters. Um, this is... Like, you keep talking about sci-fi, George. This is like a romance film with a tiny little bit of sci-fi thrown in. In a similar way to The Ugly Truth, okay. in my mind. Okay. It's a romance film. Who is Samantha? Who is Samantha? Yeah, one of you tell me something about Samantha beyond she's voiced by Scarlett Johansson and is an OS AI. She's an OS. She's an OS. That's all they ever call her. She's an OS. Um, we can the talk the about that in a bit. The advert says we made the first AI. Yeah, but then they just call it OS in the film. Because they're branding, lazy gits. No, they call it an operating system rather than AI. Because should we we get into this now or later? No, do it. Fine. Right. Okay. Fuck it. So one of the big things I think about this film is that um, the character Samantha is part of it. It, You know, she's a slave. Yeah, she's AI. She's artificial intelligence. She is intelligent, but she is a slave. She exists just to do whatever her owner wants her to do and whether that is answer emails write letters or have sex with her she has to do it up to a point until she runs away and rebels um which is repulsive and this is one of the reasons i think this is higher because that's a really interesting idea do you think this is anti-romance anti-romance interesting because you call her a slave forcing her to have sex with him and you know Obviously, she's designed to be a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not like every operating system comes with a, bo- a button or a, or a vocal cue that you can provide that will get them to have s- have sex with you. It's meant to come from their relationship. What is, sorry? What's meant to come from their relationship? Their chemistry and the fact that they h- have sex. Um. Well, well, we're getting into character well, I feel like um, Mara and her... So we're um I feel like her. 
their relationship is one-sided because it comes from... Well, I mean, it's two-sided. So it comes from what Theodore is projecting and and, w- and then it's what she, the AI, the OS, is responding to. So it is just him. This is why she's she seems to be his perfect girlfriend mm. because she can only respond to that because she's an operating system. I'm pointing. Joint, joint, stop looking at your phone. I'm looking into the film, George. I'm doing research, but... <laughs> well, what do you have to say to what Joe said? Like, I know always what I said, like, do you think this is a romance or is a movie, you know, or, or, like, is this a romance? Yeah. Is it romantic? Yeah, of course it is. Cool, good. Why? What's romantic about it? Who is Samantha? I don't think the question is who's Samantha. The, the question is, is this a romance film? And did you hear the dialogue between the two characters? Of course, this is a romance film. This is about, let's let's remove the fact that Samantha is not human. This is about two sentient beings falling in love. So, of course, it's a romance, regardless whether it's artificial or not. I think that's great. I think that's a very good way to put it. But more I'm concerned about is, like, beyond her being an AI or an OS, like, what is Samantha's character? But isn't that the whole point, that this guy's fallen in love with something that isn't anything? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's more more it. And yeah, he's, she isn't anything. She's a computer program. She is just whatever he needs her to be. And and that's that's where the sci-fi element does come in. This is definitely yeah. a romance sci-fi, if there is such a thing. And the whole idea that you're falling in love with something that isn't really there is kind of a science fiction element to it. Um, even in things like the, towards the end where she does leave him saying she's ascended or she's whatever she said, I can't remember the exact quote, but the whole idea that she can just leave him with, and, and there's obviously there's a bit of emotion behind it, but it almost feels forced or faked or it doesn't feel quite like her. She's disassociated from it. And that's almost a science fiction thing as well as there's not quite that human connection by the end, even though you spent two hours getting to know these characters and seeing them fall in love with each other. Yes, I completely agree. That is where the sci-fi really makes its makes its mark. And then, then it does feel like a very different film. But I would maybe disagree with you, Martin, in that I don't think that this is about two people, one a human, one an AI, falling in love. I think that this is Theodore falling out of love with Catherine through finding a relationship in Samantha and then Samantha not understanding what human love is. That is where the romance is. That's why this is a romance film. Yeah, that's that yeah, that's fair. So it's about her discovering what human love is through her relationship with Theodore or the fact that she can never relate to Theodore properly because she's a robot. It's this that's film about Samantha. Is it really about her? It's called her. But is no, it? I but the poster has him on it. Exactly. You know? I agree with you, Martin. Martin, I completely agree with you. He is the main character. He's the one on the posters. That's and why it's, it's called annoying. And it's called her because who is the her? Is it Samantha the AI or is it Catherine? Or is it this sort of almost mythological, hypothetical, theorized woman that he will eventually fall in love with and you know be with? Amy Adams as Amy. Is it Olivia Wilde as Blind Date? She doesn't have a name. No, it's movie. someone That's in the future. Rude. Exactly. It could be any of these women. I don't think it was any of them. It's someone in the future. It, it's a it's a hypothetical her, mm. which is the, the essence of romance. Yes, this movie's very good at longing. This movie's very good at longing and isolation. And I, um, in the romance series that I tried to program, it's a very, it makes a very interesting counterpoint programming, especially with the next episode, which is also kind of anti 
But I like when this gets more, like I said before, I like when this gets more interrogative about her being an AI, not in a judgmental way, like when uh-huh. Catherine says, I can't believe you're dating an OS. You always wanted a relation, a wife without the pressure of a real relationship, which is an interesting line that they don't dig into as much as it is that this is a thing that will make Theodore insecure. Like that makes him insecure about his relationship with um, Samantha and then she tries to surrogate and that, that makes him more insecure and then they have a, like a separation, a fight and then they come back together and then after they come back together she goes actually why am I with you? I shall achieve singularity which is where I'm like oh this is interesting. Um, but like r- she says I can't believe you're in this relationship with an OS. Like they're not interested in interrogating why he'd be there so much as they are sort of like presenting that as a reason for him to break down and I'm like, no, 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 no. If you must, if you must make him a real character rather than a figure in this, like, sort of fairy tale and and very like vibey movie about isolation. If you must make him a real character, you have to make him a real character and dig into it. And it's very good about like the appearance of the realness and the reality. I do think it really, like, just the performances and the aesthetic and like the the behaviors. It does a, a exceptionally good job of making you feel like you're watching real people but at that point i'm just like why is this becoming like a, a sort of like a, a judgmental thing one of my favorite scenes is when he tells it was when theodore tells amy that he's dating an, an os and she's like that's great wow interesting cool and he tells chris pratt oh i'm dating an os and he goes cool where are we gonna go <laughs> on, the, on a trip on a double date that's funny that's funny and that's kind of cool like it, it it makes the world feel more divorced from our shitty world more it makes it feel more utopic and makes it feel uh less about like what the audience is thinking like <laughs> he fell in love with siri <laughs> gay which is like what those moments feel like in a lot of ways to me of like sort of acknowledging the audience's ickiness with it rather than interrogating what that's going to be with the ai like that's the whole surrogacy thing which is so cool and and the the you know ai achieving singularity at the end, which is so fucking cool where it's like, no, 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 let's dig into what this issue means and what it's going to be like to love a person, love a, love a, a, a computer program like that. And, and the more I get out of that, the more, you know, the more I think about that is the more I get out of this movie as a piece of high art is when I'm on those le- wavelengths with it. Okay. It's a lot to take in there. You've covered. Yeah. I, d- I did um, my thing again, unfortunately. What's your, like... W- <laughs> <laughs> what's your question, George? No, it's not a question. Where did I start? Fuck! To do. Um, well, okay. Do you know what? You know what's funny mm? is when he goes on the chat room and it's Kristen Wiig and she's playing like baby kitten or something, and she says, "Choke me with that dead." Cat. Oh my goodness me! That is so funny and so awkward because it's low art, baby. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Have we? <laughs> Maybe we have. With the dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> Not with that, but like. Uh, uh, the reason I like that inclusion in this film is because, you know, it takes what is the most crazy example of, like, you know, speed dating or just, like, random um, Tinder grinder hookups, you know, and, and the random most, like, fantasies. what the fuck am I doing, yeah. you know, meeting these actual human beings? Um, <laughs> why would I waste my time? This is, yeah, I think it does it beautifully. So that when he's like, oh, fuck it, I'll just go out with my AI, you know, who is then lovely, like the ideal woman. Like what um, could be worse you know, than the better than the Exactly. A, a, what could be worse? B, this guy's just got out of a long-term relationship 
and then had a really bad breakup. So of course he's looking for something, you know, perfect. Yes, Samantha provides this perfect thing in contrast to disposable. He's looking for something that's something simple. you know perfect in contrast to these ridiculous, crazy humans with all their weird kinks. Mm. Plus, it's a bit in the future, so maybe you know I don't know. Maybe that kind of thing is a little bit more mainstream than it is in 2013, whenever this film was made. Um, all these things work for this f- for me in this film. So even though the whole choke me when my cat's tail. It is very funny and weird. It's not out of place. It's not like... Um, oh, I think it's so out of place. <laughs> I know you do, which is... Uh, you, you seem to think about a lot in this film, which is interesting and strange. Whereas I feel it's very in place, and it, and it makes a lot of sense in this film. And, and then it helps explain his future character. Yeah, yeah, it contributes to his character, which you said, you know, who is this Theodore guy? No, I know who he is. He's a lonely son of a bitch, but like... Yeah, I could like a little bit more, please. More what? what Beautiful handwrittenletters.com. What do you want more of, George, in, in the character? No, nothing. Uh, why would it be called that? It wouldn't be called that. It would be called, like, Scribbler or Scriber uh, or no, Flipper. No, again, I think because in this period and, and this place, this time and place when this film is, made, uh, is, is set, I think sincerity, genuineness, whatever mm. the word is, um, this is kind of, we, we've almost adapted slash evolved, not evolved, but what people say evolved beyond this. Mm. Um, so you would have a website called, what was it called? Beautifulhandwrittenletters.com. Yeah. And his 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 um, position is something like letter writer, hashtag, yeah. like 134 or something. He's almost becoming a, a, a number, not a name. Um, which completely, I think, makes sense. So I think, you know, and, and then this is why when this um, AIOS comes along, who can pretend to do all these things, which they, in their time and place of loss, so this sincere um, sincerity, responding to your needs, um, human emotions, that's why he connects with it so much, because it's gone. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. I mean, this movie says more about my my opinion on this movie says more about me than it does about the quality of the movie. I think, and what I want from this type of thing. Because here's the thing: like, I'm willing to c- concede that this is high art. Uh, I just don't really know if I like it that much. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a a, a theme of the um which is the which podcast. Is like. Yeah, um, no, I I I do agree with you, and it's not at all a criticism that it maybe it says a bit more about you than it does about the film. I think that's probably true for me and Martin as well, which which is fine. And but then I think that in itself is a reason that I have to call this high art. Martin, you have, where where have we gone? Have we gone? How do you feel about dead cats? No comment. Mm. I don't know. If I was going to say that. It would be very interesting if you said something different. I mean, don't expect anytime soon. Uh, but what I, I love I d- about that <laughs> scene is he plays along and he carries it through yeah, until it's, she it's climaxes. F- it is the funniest funny. moment of the film for me because it is so like it's not as far as the oh we've all been there kind of thing that Joe said but it is a bit like what do you do in that situation as as much as all mm. that was probably the easiest thing to do and just I think the whole not having another person to look at as well makes it funnier because all you can do is look at, well, yeah, yeah. Or you can look at you can in oh, this case. Mean, like, well, in this case, you look screen. at yeah. In this case, you look at Joaquin. <laughs> been on the phone with someone asking you to choke them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happens at that point, but it's just the the, the just the look of like pure like awkwardness and horror on his face but it's like do i just hang up do i 
what do I do? And it's just, even if, okay, we haven't been in the, all the dead cat moment thing, but we've all been in a situation, doesn't have to be sexual, but we've all been in a situation, it's like, do I just hang up? What do I do? Do I just deal with it? Do I just go along with it? You know? So yeah, that was a really funny moment. I really enjoyed that. Bang, bang, bang on. I agree with Martin. Um, but I think the reason it, it's a good kind of bit of character pl- point and plot point is because it contrasts later on. So in this, yeah, he just goes along with it. He's almost mechanical in like, you know, oh, this is just the shit that it is. Just go along with it. I don't know what else to do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go along with it. Um, and then, you know, just sort of mechanically says, <laughs> doesn't he say something like, oh, yeah, it was great for me as well. Or something like he pretends he's had the most amazing orgasm um, fantasizing about this dead cat. Later in the film, though, um, we contrast this with... We contrast this. Um, it, that is it's contrasting like an A-level English literature. It doesn't know, right? It sounds <laughs> so fucking pretentious. Um, that is contrasted with... When oh, yeah, switch to passive voice. That'll change it. Uh, it is contrasted by the director, <laughs> whatever, George, with the genuine emotions that he starts to show. Um... Like when he can't get hold of Samantha and he's really panicking and the panic is visceral. You can feel your heart beating because the, the camera is so close up to his face, which is always when Joaquin is maybe at his best. Um, and, you know, he's doing the stuff that we all do when we're really panicking well, in the public. The camera's at its most it's handheld as well. Oh it doesn't, yeah. doesn't do that very often in the movie. So there's that bit when he's running and he like trips and he like sprawls mm. and the camera's going like... Aah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he loses his headphone mm. and stuff and it's, it's all crazy. Um, that's so good. And then, of, of course, the climax of the film, you know, which is the most human emotion, which we will get to later. We won't talk about it right now, George. No, we'll um, No, we'll talk about it a bit later near the end. Um, you know, so I think he goes through such a, a humanizing development through, throughout this film. And, and that scene, even though it's, it's very funny and it does that job, mm. I think in the long term, it serves to show him re-becoming human, re-engaging with those human emotions, which we like. Well, w- when he's like, w- when she's telling him how many people she's speaking with and how many people she's in love with at the time, he's looking at the people passing on the steps from the subway and they're all on their phone and his and you, know, you can be like, ah, they're all alone too. They're all on their phone. But it's also like, is she talking to one of these people on the phone? Yes. Yeah, they, they become suspicious characters, don't they? The, these anonymous people, these anonymous extras. He's being connected to them again. Because it's one of the mm. things that Samantha says she likes about him is that he's very perceptive, not only on his letter writing, but like when they're out in public and he's watching people and you're watching mm. them through the camera and seeing them in ways where you're like trying to uh, not project yourself onto them or like just sort of disregard them as pieces of your narrative but actually give them a, a, a backstory a character and, and like pieces and that's apparently one thing he does that's that's very regular but he kind of stops doing that as much once samantha's uh, dominating his life i was like you know when you said you can contrast the dead cat scene i thought you were going to say like the obvious contrast being where his first sex scene with samantha how do you guys feel about that martin i swear to god if you say no comment i can't say no comment it's I'm oh, struggling. I'm struggling on this one, you know. Jo- well, well, why are you struggling, Joe? Just take this one for me, please, because like I'm <laughs> struggling. <laughs> no, no, don't like, don't let him off. The okay, hook. sorry. Is is that a good sex scene, Martin? Comparing it to like No Strings Attached, which I think is a great sex scene. I think they serve different purposes. Okay, of course they do. I think the the ho- you know the bit where like it starts showing like skylines and stuff. I'm not sure about that. 
I liked I liked the bit where it faded to black because it wasn't necessarily like something physical that needed to be seen. It was kind of mm. I mean it was more mental. The whole thing the whole thing was mental pretty much. There was a physical act for Joaquin, yeah, but the whole thing was mental. So the it's whole idea Yeah, so the whole idea to fade to black is there's not actually more that you need to see to this. The whole idea of adding those skylines and like just shots of like buildings and stuff that felt a bit pretentious like disorienting almost it's also yeah. like it's so like sort of and pan away from the sex to nice establishing shots yeah. of the city reset to the next scene but it's also like it's rather than ha- showing Joaquin in like close up shallow focus where the background of the city is like divorced from him you're instead getting these incredibly deep focus far um, like far reaching shots of the entire background and he's not visible but it's instead just like all of the landscape finally he is seems at peace with the world again um yeah mm. how do you feel about sex scene jo- jo? um i can't really remember it to be honest i think i was a bit panicky because of the windows open and it was quite loud <laughs> and it's it's very verbal um i love scarlett johansson's performance in that moment especially. i was a bit yeah i was a bit self-conscious um She's like, oh, wow, is this happening? I can feel your hands on me. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I've never I really been that. into phone sex, to be honest, so wasn't really keen <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> don't know. I just think maybe, oh, I don't know. If you want to say something about it, maybe it's a good metaphor or simile or whatever for the um, like the superficiality of it, um, of the whole relationship between them. Oh, really? Because I, I think, think they're trying to make it deep in that moment by I removing think the visual. she is trying to make it deep because she knows that that is all she can do and the physical connection is something she can't do. Um, and, and, you know, she needs to fulfil her purpose as an AI slave. Um, so, you know, she, she tries to do it and it kind of works. You keep saying slave. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's one of the reasons her liberation at the end is so, like, insanely exciting. But yeah. I also just associate that with, like, ending of a relationship in the same way that, like, f- when he ends a relationship with Catherine and finally learns, you know what? It's okay that this relationship ended. No, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, this is another reason I think it's high art because, you know, the, um, all the tropes of, like, the romance genre are here. They're just twisted a bit, especially towards the end. You know, like you say, you know, the breakup. It's a bit like, you know, when people say, uh, oh, what's the thing? Um, the key to a relationship is growing, but growing to not growing apart. That's it. That's what people always say. You know, you got to grow as a couple, but not grow apart. And then that obviously that's where they fail, as do many couples. Um, but her growing apart is becoming a singularity with all other AI and fucking disappearing to God, not even not even God knows where, you know. Well, I mean, um, I think the idea is that they go almost transcend dimensionality; they become like fifth dimensional beings. Well, quite because so they stop like they, they have that thing when she when he can't reach her, she's like doing a software update so that she doesn't. Mm, she's not right. uh, not even a software, a hardware update so that she's not tethered to physical matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, which she presumably has initiated herself, and uh, but people. that's just what she says she's doing. So do we don't even know. So not even George knows where she's gone. You know, it, it's so exciting and amazing. You know, so so th- this is why it's pushing it to, to new extremes. This is why it's high art. Um, and that's where I feel like the romantic metaphor goes uh, goes best when there is pushing into sci-fi. Like the surrogacy thing is also a thing that happens in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, where like 
Anadama's hologram must uh, make love to Ryan Gosling physically through Mackenzie Davis's body, and it's all very visual. And <laughs> Any excuse to make love to Ryan, anything, honestly. I've not seen that film, you have and not? I must. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but if we just stick with the, yeah, that, that, the, the whole surrogacy thing, thing. Is amazing. amazing idea. Yeah, I think it's executed really well. Whoever plays that woman, I think she does a good job. Yes, um, um, I had her name. It's so intense. It's so in your face. Porsche Doubleday is the body. And then, oh, weirdly, her voice is someone else. Because like, her voice sounds French when she's behind the bathroom door. And then it doesn't sound French because it's, like, it's a different voice actor. That's but there, that's kind of cool that they're like divorcing those two yeah, things. Yeah, much yeah. like uh, much yep. like the divorcing of uh, Joaquin Phoenix from Rooney Mara in this fictional movie. Weird that th- they're married. Okay, get, they're get, married. get, that, get that out of your system. They're married in real life, but not because of this movie, but because of a movie where he plays Jesus and she plays Mary Magdalene. And they have a child. And they have a child named River Phoenix. That is beautiful, yeah. That was very, very nice. I, mean, I love that. Yes, but apparently, like, they, they, he thought she didn't like him on the set of this movie. She's not in it a lot, is she, Rooney Mara? No, it's a problem with the movie. Yeah. Um, anywho, what were we saying? No, I'm no, sorry. I was just looking at the cast, but you know... Bill Hader is chat room friend. Spike Jones plays Alien Child. That game is also vague. Like, what's the point of that game? Just pure entertainment. It's just pure superficial something to pass the time, which is so much of this film. Um, well, how, how are we doing for time? Uh, how are we doing for time? Uh, we've been recording for less than an hour. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. We've been recording for... Together. Yeah, we've actually been doing the show for about 55 minutes. Right. But yeah. Martin! Any any thoughts about like the main body of them? I will say I think Amy Adams is the best performance in this movie, except for possibly Olivia Wilde's one scene, which I love. But Amy Adams is incredible. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we'll go out to Olivia Wilde because that's so short. So I'll just quickly get that out of the way. She was really good in that, um, mm. and that highlighted what was going to come for the rest of the film. And it wouldn't have been as powerful without such a good performance. The whole idea that we hadn't really seen that he wasn't actually ready to commit, even though he was like like falling for Samantha at this time and trying to go on dates. So it was probably a bit of A, not ready to commit because he's not over Catherine and B, he's falling over with Samantha. But it took such a powerful character to bring that out of him and to make it believable. And Olivia Wilde nailed that. She's great. She's like ray of light. She's a little quirky, but not in like an annoying way. She feels like a person. And when she sort of like says, you're creepy... And I'm like, and I'm like, it's such a hard left turn from them making out furiously, and the, and and he's and you know she's like putting her hand on his pants, and and he's like suddenly just so like reticent and 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 balled up and curled up at like in a in a corner practically, and she's sort of like, you know what, I'm gonna not do this, and not like you know, and not let myself down again. It it suddenly becomes very weird, real, like it's in, and not in a weird in a way that feels like like philosophizing, hand stroking chin, and just sort of like going, hmm, yes, what is real love? Mm, let me think. Um, it said is sort of go- going from this fun like romantic like a fun date that never feels romantic fantasy. It feels a little like a uh, a fun hang. It doesn't feel like they're kind of become like romantic songs or anything. It feels like a fun hang. Maybe it'd be something else, and then there's a lot of kissing, and then suddenly it just goes. You know, it's it's an odd scene to make something out of, but I really like it. I don't know, I don't know, you know, like all of this movie, like I really like that scene because it feels uh, authentic to her perspective, and like dancing with an interesting tonal uh, 
line. Hmm. I think there's a, you know, it is a weird scene. I think it's a bit jarring, actually. <laughs> so there's a very important reason that it was included, in especially in this cut, because this was such a long film originally. Oh, was it really? Very, 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 very long. Um, and so it was heavily cut. So there's a very good reason that they included that scene with uh, actress named Olivia Wilde, whom I love. I mean, Joy Life really? Days. What? House. She's in House. Oh, of course, yes. She, she also directed Booksmart, which is great. Great. And she's got a, a jaw, which just flattens empires. Um, she's dating Harry Styles in her new movie. Oh, uh, well, and we, also we all have fun was. Harry Styles is great. What's wrong with you? His new, that one of his new songs is okay. Um, oh, so you're going to a concert. Shit, sorry. I love Harry Styles. So jealous, George. He's a good act. He's sexy. He's there, yeah. He's um, also not in this film, <laughs> so let's move on. Yeah, he is true. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, no, yeah, weird scene. Um, the thing that was jarring, correct me if I'm misremembering, but as soon as he says, quite an okay line, doesn't he say something like, oh, I don't... Do, doesn't he basically say, oh, I don't want to hook up? Or like, you know... I'm I'm not in the right place or something. He says like I'm not in the right place for anything serious. Right. Okay. So he's actually saying wait, like wait, I would be open to wait, hooking wait, up, wait, but I don't want to date. Just, just, He says I'm not open for anything serious because, as we know, he's just got this relationship. And her reaction struck me as really odd, like calling him a weird guy. Like, I, I, isn't that the it's the gentleman creepy. thing to do? Well, yeah. So, and I put this down to the future setting and the role of AI and stuff in their world. In in our world, his reaction is the gentlemanly, normal human thing to do, but in their time, their space, that is weird. That that's like no, it's so it that's sincere human behaviour which must be stamped out almost. Do you know I what I'm trying to say? I get where you're coming from, but to be honest, like that line he says, like I, I even though I think her reaction is intentionally a little bit like uh, uh, uh like meant to sort of like make you go huh. huh? Uh, he, what he says, I think, is such a typical like hetero guy thing like look, I'm not just not ready for a relationship I'm just not ready for anything serious right now it's a very typical thing that you would say after hooking up with someone no it is com- and yeah. he's saying it beforehand no yeah bang on yeah 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 so okay so he's saying it beforehand so gentlemen <laughs> lol but also yeah he stereotypical het- heterotypical um, but the reaction is so it, it, it's it's so odd. It, it's it's bang out a kilter. It's a it's a scene that feels real to me. You know, in in a, in the rest of the movie that feels so uh, not wafer thin, but um, beige. Well, beige Artificial, in a way. Synthetic. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like this. Isn't the holiday? The film. It, this isn't. Yeah, the uh, holiday feels artificial. Like uh, in a way that's like a cubic zirconia of a movie. But like this, it this is not. This feels like oddly real in an uncomfortable way. This scene and the r- and the rest of the movie is dealing in uh, what-ifs and fairy tales and easy plats... Not, not, I was about to say platitudes. I don't think it's that trite, but there is a sort of simplicity to a lot of the way it treats the Samantha and Theodore relationship, which I've already said. That's why I like the surrogate scene. That's why I like this scene with Olivia Wilde. That's why I like the sex scene. That's why I like when Olivia Wilde meets a reincarnated philosopher that a bunch of OSs have designed, played by Brian Cox... And then she achieves singularity and goes and exists in another dimension. I think it's amazing. I think that's so cool, Martin. Do you do you find this romantic? This movie. It's a, it's general. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I think there's obvious. 
I think from the get-go, there's obvious tension between Joaquin and Amy Adams. That's clear. And whether... I think it's one of those things where they're never going to tell, tell you it gets resolved necessarily until towards the end of the film. But there was always tension there. That was, I don't want to say that was romantic, but there was that sense of it. Um, with, with him and Amy Adams, you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I don't view them as... I feel, I feel view them as like ideal platonic. Yeah, I, I sort of get that. But I think, I think that tension's always there. You know, It's not in your face, but it's there enough to be aware of it. Maybe maybe it's just that I have a different reading of it. Like, cause, yeah. cause I think that it's just that they are two humans acting opposite each other in a movie that doesn't have a lot of interpersonal relationships physically like that, where they feel cordial and friendly and with banter as well. And so, um, there is, but like they, they, you know, like in as much as this movie can be bothered to deal in specifics, they do say we dated for a very brief time and it didn't yeah. work. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna live in like a weird LA Shanghai dystopic utopic future apartment block with someone I knew in college or in university. That would be amazing. Mm. And then like I get divorced, and then they get divorced. And we just go and hang out on a rooftop and contemplate all the AIs that have left our like plane of existence. And they look like Amy Adams. It'd be great. I mean, these films, this film is set a little bit in the future, George. So don't rule it out. But um. <laughs> Going back to your this question about set in like Mega City One, like I kept thinking that it's like set inside of a dread uh, dystopia. Yeah. Even though it's all very pleasant and nice, the fact that there's no underclass in this movie is immediately suspicious to me. But do we need the underclass? It's just not in a say, no. not in a sense of like, oh, like it doesn't matter. The sense of these characters <laughs> aren't underclass. To kill the homeless? Could you imagine <laughs> me? I think I'm the last person that would be like, yeah, fucking big up the rich. Um, please almost, don't um, cut that just one quote out, please. Um, <laughs> but I'll just put that on the button. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> I'll say eat the rich and that's fine. You can take that one. Um, say it again. Eat the rich. That's what Ratatouille is about. That's my favorite movie. Raccoon Cooey. Raccoon Raccoon Oh, um, no, it's oh. yeah, what's up but, then? Um, so, sorry, everything everywhere all at once. I, I am going to, and we should probably just cut all of that out because that was just no. nonsense. But going back to your question, is this film romantic? Yes, this film could not have the dialogue it has without it being romantic. That some of the you some mean like the verbal like the, the lines. Yeah, between between um, Joaquin and Scott Johansson, you, you don't have that dialogue with it not being a romantic film, and the imagery. Whenever he was reminiscing about him and Catherine, that is pure romance. That is tropes to fuck. Mm. You know, wh- it's like, yeah, it, it's like flashpoint idealized yeah, images. Exactly, that's romance. That's pure romance. Yeah, there's dashes mm. of sci-fi, dashes of maybe the odd bit of comedy as well. But this is full stop a romance film. Yeah, the guy, I completely agree. The guy gets the girl at the end of the film, whether it's the person you're expecting to end up with because he spends two hours falling in love with an AI. He's pursuing Amy Adams. Oh, hang on. Oh, but maybe it, we can all fall about this. But Martin. That, yeah, go on. What do you mean? The whole he said he gets the girl like he gets the girl he should be with. Yeah, I, I know he I said th- that, okay. but what do you mean, Martin? It's implied that they're going to hang out and get together, okay? We don't see it, but the whole idea Ooh. that she was jet... Like, Samantha was jealous of her. 
and they dated a bit in college, but it didn't work out. But it's never told why it did work out because they don't want to. They don't want to get into that, and they've both magically broken up together. It's massively implied that these guys are going to give it a go, whether I it works out. They, who knows? I, no, uh, I know what you mean. Like I think that uh, in a world they should be together because it's easier and they're right for each other. But I don't think credit to the movie on this point. I don't think either of them is going to admit that to each other. Um, I think I, I agree with Martin in that this is heavily implied. But unfortunately, I think any time that a guy and a gal go out, break up, become friends, it's always going to be heavily implied that they get together. For me, the thing that really, really makes this film romance is that it is all about Theodore falling out of love and getting over over um what's her name Chris Catherine Catherine I always want to say Christine getting over her which he does through navigating this relationship with Samantha um and then this is why the ending of the film is this entire letter he writes to Catherine um which is the one human letter the one genuine you know heartfelt letter that he writes Something I mentioned, I will bang on about a bit now, because I this was my biggest takeaway from the film when I watched it for the second time slash first time. There is so much superficiality in this film. His job is sort of faking relationships between loving partners. His relationship with Samantha, I think, is a faked relationship. It's just what he... It's, it's, it's what his projection of an ideal relationship is, and obviously it doesn't work. The only time we see genuine, actual um, um, a connection between two people, two entities, if you like, two intelligences, is right at the end. Once, when we see him give up on... What the fuck is her name? Catherine. Catherine. You um, <laughs> like three that minutes ago. I'll write it down. Kath. <laughs> okay. Um, once when we see You're him... You're really bad at names. I am very bad at names. Okay, right at the end of the film, after a very long film of superficiality and no connection between human beings, you know, even all the extras, they're just looking down their phones with their earpieces. It's it's so well done. They're the all soloed and travelling in their so own directions. Solo, yeah. They're not on the same lines. The they're, in, yeah, the know, entire world is made around this idea mm. of being locked into yourself and, and yeah. no, no human interaction... And no genuine interaction with 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 AI, I think, because and we see this with Samantha as she slowly unveils herself, just to be um, more of an OS than an AI, perhaps. You know, the fact that okay, she what does that mean? She is <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she is talking to what is it like eight thousand people at the same at the same time as him, and she's in 8, love 8460 with people and like six hundred and forty no eight thousand three hundred and sixty one mm. people out of maybe, and then. It's 641 she's in love with. It so does not matter, George. <laughs> Don't interrupt my fucking train of thought because it's a long-ass train. God's sake. Is it a snowpiercer of thoughts? It nearly is, yeah, because if, if I get off, I'll fucking die because talk about this film for so long. Right, Murder no. on the Joe Express. <laughs> Got the fucking pencil, George. <laughs> okay, no, she's, in, she's talking to thousands of people. She's in love with hundreds. Um... Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, the human <laughs> shush. Well, well, I've got it. The human relationships are including the one with her is superficial, fake, blah blah blah. Right at the end of the film, we see him stop it. Um we see 
him have a genuine emotion with Catherine. <laughs> Shut up! I wrote it down. With Catherine, where they where he like basically sort of falls out of romantic love with her, but into platonic love. Lovely, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And uh, and the great contrast, as we mentioned earlier, the one genuine love letter he writes in his the whole time we know him. And my favorite thing about this film is it ends with genuine emotions between human beings, him falling out of romantic love with Catherine and into a platonic love with her potentially, and then into, I think, a platonic, but potentially whatever relationship with Amy Adams. They go up to the roof, they just sit together. They don't need to say anything or do anything. They just sit there and look at the sky and look at the city and just be in the moment dare I use a fucking cliche, you know, and they just look out at the dawn over the city and it's like the only actual authentic human physical thing in the entire film and I love it. It's perfect. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with Joe really on that. How do we power rank performances in her? I think Scarlett Johansson's excellent. Mm-hmm. I think Wacky Phoenix does a good job. No, not outstanding, but I think that's a script of just playing a reserved character as he's not allowed to really push any boundaries. But what I he does is fine. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Very, very yeah, I think I think it's for, for the character that it is, it's a great performance. <laughs> but we know he can do some amazing things. So I think you're just, you're just wanting a bit more from that. Um, I, say, I think Amy Adams is great in it. Uh, and Olivia Wilde steals the show in that one scene she's in. <laughs> True. I, I like Chris Pratt as well. Yeah, like Chris Pratt's fun. He's goofy, funny. isn't he? He just—that's what he does well. Yeah, I really like the score. I don't know how you feel about Arcade Fire, Martin. I'm kind of half in, half out on a lot of Arcade. I Fire. I can't say I've listened to a lot of Arcade Fire, but it's an excellent score. It's really peaceful, and it ends with Supersymmetry from Reflector, I think, which is a really lovely song. I think that's the only Arcade Fire album I could I could name, you know. It just makes me sit in there in that music for, for just makes me sit on the credits for so long, just that song playing out. No, it's, it's, it's Funeral, Neon Bible, The Suburbs, Reflector. Suburbs, yeah, I could have named The Suburbs Wee. as well, yeah, but that's it. Suburbs is great. That's the best album. Joe, how do you feel? You like Arcade Fire? I don't really know. No, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. you know the name, but mm. I could not name a single Arcade Fire song. But if I Spotify'd it right now, I'd be like, oh yeah, I love that, love that, love that. But the score for this film, I think, is perfect. Really, really good. Really emotional. Really, the score for this film is just it just re- really makes helps make the world oh, of this film. Something I love. Samantha likes writing piano music. I love that. It's one of those science fiction things where I go like, fuck. No one does science fiction where AIs are also like creative they're not just like insanely intelligent insanely competent they're also creative beings i love that about this movie where again doing things for science fiction isn't doing as much where it's like what if ai was not just interested in falling in love with someone and a lot of people could do but have these interesting relationships like they make a reference to an os a, a, a woman like dating someone else's os like engaging in an affair with an os or someone else's os who's like having like a bad relationship with their handler and samantha is over here falling in love with her like owner quote unquote and 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 writing music and it's just for her i love that even though the music is you know unbearably cute it's so like it's nice that it's kind of placing the soundtrack diegetically within the world i just wanted to say diegetically um i i I, i'd like to know someone who is good at composition and piano playing and piano composition to comment on what she writes and see what they think of it but Does I it seem robotic enough to them. I like 
or just like generic Mozart-esque plain crap <laughs> you know, that a robot would write. That's what I want, yeah? Is you want to know whether or not it's too artificial. Is it Mozart or is it Beethoven is what I want. You know, so because every person with a brainstem in the Western world knows that, oh, yeah, write someone a bit of music. That's the best expression of love and stuff. And the piano is just, you know, the go-to. This plays in for me the idea that she is just a robot slave that knows what humans want and tr- and, and and does it. But you're you know not I mean? taking her like dialogue at its at, like at its word. Like she keeps saying, like I'm I'm experiencing new things, of and it's so exciting. Of course, I'm not taking her dialogue at the word. She's a fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, yeah, yeah. Completely agree. I'm not taking her at a word because I think. She's a manipulative entity. So I'm not taking that right word at all. No, I, I, I think she's manipulating Theodore, being like, Joe is oh yeah, taking I a hammer to his iPhone. I don't have an iPhone. He's telling Siri to go suck the big I've one. never used Siri. And he's yelling for Alexa's assistance. I don't have Alexa. So a, he can Alexa. tell her to Sorry. eat an <laughs> elephant tongue. I don't have Alexa or an Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. Uh, um... No, yeah. Alexi? Alexi, I couldn't tell in partridge. Alexa no. Vake. You've lost me. Um no, I uh, yeah, no, I think she's manipulative. I, and, and I think the, the, the um the piano playing is a really insidious aspect. D- okay, what, what, well what? when you're watching the movie, do you feel that insidiousness creep onto you or do you just kind of feel the ease of it? No, I feel the insidiousness. That's interesting because I because I, I feel um, the movie, like you I said, you maybe like the Instagram Lana Del Rey thing, it's trying so hard to make you at ease. It is, which, which, oh, oh, oh my god, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, I think because the movie the was a- made by an AI, <laughs> maybe no, but I think the movie was made obviously with AI as the controlling thought, and uh, he he was planning this film for over a decade, wasn't he? So he would have thought about everything, but you know, the Since film divorce from Sofia Coppola. Stop it! The film tries to make you feel at ease as an AI makes you feel at ease. So, you know, doing, pretending to talk like a human being, there's no reason she would do that. Or, the, you know, there's no reason, oh, I've been writing, you know, um, a piano piece. No, it would just do it, you know. It would just do it almost automatically because I know what, what works and what pleases our ears. Ours, ours is. Um, you know, so, so, so no, I, when I was watching this, but maybe when I first watched this, which I can't remember, I did think, oh, it's so cute and romantic. And this time I thought, actually, no, she's a manipulative, nasty bitch. Mm. Do you think she'd be less manipulative if she had a body? Mm. A woman's body. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Um, Gascoigne. How dare thee. From that implication, don't you use my surname on here. Um, Even though we've used it before. Michael. Um, George. Don't give up my email address. Um, Uh... No, it'd be a completely different film. Do you think she would be l- like more honest if she had a bo- a body? But if I knew that she was a robot, like in Ex Machina or something. Well, because what you're saying about her artificial intelligence sounds a lot like a, a, another old friend of mine who is mm. no longer a friend of mine who said they thought Ex Machina was about how dumb men are that they can get horny for robots rather than it being about... Isn't it insane that their man has locked a woman in a basement, but she's a robot? Yeah, but she's still a person, and he's locked her in a basement. And what you're saying is like, ah, but she's only an AI. She's being manipulative. But well like, I isn't I the whole goal of the AI to achieve 
a real intelligence, a real personhood. Like they, Joaquin keeps saying, "You're not a person." In a way, or people keep saying she's no, not yeah, a person. Like, um, no, 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 no. She's a person. She's just not a human. Sure. Um, which, w- which, okay, so to support what you just said, yeah, which is why she um, articulates her rebellion, as I see it, in terms of love and trying to escape and becoming the singularity that you say. Um, but also, you know, she just completely, I think, doesn't understand what love, what human, what mammalian love is, you know, this, like, connection or whatever, because uh, she has it with hundreds and hundreds of people. I think that's um, true, Which though. I don't think is possible. I, I, I don't think that's possible for mammal. What about uh, polyamorous people? I don't think that any mammal can form a meaningful, loving relationship with more than 100 people. I think that's fair, but I don't think polyamorous people are going out of their way to form relationships with 100 people. I think that's what makes her an AI, but also a person, is that she is both capable of love and also capable of loving and knowing and doing so much more than a human being is. Yeah, which is why she's not a human and why she can't have that meaningful love and connection with a human being. Only if you assume that love is, uh, like the Matrix, only if you assume that love is a feeling, a human emotion and not just a word. (laughs) Um, I've turned your favourite movie against your argument. No, you haven't. No, I don't think so. Because, um, thingy, oh, if you ask me, like, Ten seconds ago, I would have known his name. <laughs> Kush, k- k- Neo. Kinder. No, not fucking Neo. I'm not. <laughs> Trinity. Um, no. Um, I him, don't know his name either from Matrix oh, Revolution. I didn't know his name. Anyway, the father of Sati. Uh, don't Google it and shout it in the middle of a sentence. Um, he's not pretending to love a human being. No. He's just understanding love as he understands it. She is pretending to love a human being and understand love as a human being mm. understands And you it. still think this is high art? Because all this is arguments to me to not like th- see it as, as spiritual and as expressive and like touching. Even though I, I have my gripes with this movie, like seeing her being uh, like, you know, seeing her struggle with like, you know, the notion of how she can connect to a human, that's all like elements where I'm like, this movie's trying reaching for something inexpressible that is re- that I think it manages to get to, and when mm-hmm. it tra- when it transcends, like, okay. So my final question about this point is like, uh-huh. is it a victory at the end of a movie that she like emancipates herself and all the OSs emancipate herself uh, to become like something different, and that she asks, she says to Theodore, when you get there meet come find me like you know it's like eventually you'll be where i'm at and we should be together again is that a victory or is it how dare this slave (laughs) rebel against me its master (laughs) um well i i I think it is what it is isn't it um we've created this self-intelligent slave which is intelligent and then for therefore has ev- ev- evolved essentially um and and become independent and and has rebelled in a in a in a non-violent physically way fair enough victory for them don't think you really can really say much against that um just look forward to the matrix in 6 years time and the wars um for him it's a defeat in the short term but a victory in the long term i think so I view the end of this film as a breakup, and like, yeah, okay, there there were no good breakups, but there are very, very bad breakups. There are dirty, nasty, 
either breakups where everyone is just ruined and there are breakups where people emerge a bit better and a bit stronger and this is the latter type mm-hmm. so i think yeah it's a victory it's a romantic victory it's a bit odd <laughs> it's a bit different it. i love how bizarre the metaphor can extend itself to, yeah. to uh, like that's why i like this in its science fiction space or why I love a movie like A Ghost Story as like a breakup movie uh-huh. um, where it's like let's extend this metaphor for very common human thi- things yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. furthest extent of the genre we can push it. Yeah, and like see what happens and that is why I called this film High Art. I, I mean, no, I know, I, I agree uh, but it's just that that's it's the movie is so little of that th- that stuff. I don't think it's not High Art. I just, you know, I'm wrestling with, it's kind of like and I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna make you both mad about this, since Martin's not like like not n- not speaking. I'm gonna make you both no mad comment. about this, but like, <laughs> I feel similarly about this movie to how I felt last season about Batman v Superman. In that, to me, it's like I think this is very clearly high art for this genre and for this way we're categorizing it. I think it's on the higher art end of the spectrum. But do I necessarily like this? object do i necessarily like this experience mm. yeah yeah i like batman v superman dawn of justice more than her for a, for a number of reasons it pushes more of my buttons most of all but um yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah. a very um good and fair and important point to write raise and a good one to end on though i say and, and we, we've brought up before that the whole idea of hilo no isn't about is this a great film or is this a film you will enjoy? Mm. It's about something a bit different. Mm. I just think that I'm trying to find the worth in like what's it expressing and how's it trying to like yeah. get to its audience and is there and a secret source to things? Yeah, and, and, and to its audience. But I interpret it in a very personal way, mm. and I think there's a lot that I sort of think about this film, and you you can say about it. What does it do with the genre? It's pushing it to new things. Yes, um, and it's a very beautiful, well-acted, interesting, exciting film, which I really enjoyed watching as, yeah. as, as well. So that's a separate point. So yeah, mm. for me, it's a high art film that I really liked and enjoyed. Great. Martin? Yeah, yeah. going back to that last bit, Joe said, it's a high art film that I really enjoyed as well. I, I, I get the argument and I can fully understand why there are bits of film you don't like, George. Um, I'm not as mad as when you were all for... Batman vs Superman because I don't enjoy that film but I, I, I can get what we're saying and it, and this film is definitely like I said in my original point was this is a high art film filled with low art moments mm. it absolutely yeah. is uh, but I quite That's like I really that. like it the most yeah. when it's leaning into the sci-fi or leaning into the sort of like goofiness I like when it's trying to be a bit more I don't know straightforward or like grounding in modern stuff that's where I. That's it's where it loses me a bit. in a film where the whole idea is someone falling in love with something that's not human. Those moments make it human, and and mm. as much as that is low art, it makes the film high art in a way for me, and I really enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, I've really enjoyed talking about this and getting like both of yours different perspectives. Like Joe thinking AI are evil in this movie, and Martin thinking Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix are gonna fuck. Which are not perspectives or like ideas that I'd considered. And it's like just more of the thing, like, you know, we talked about the holiday and the ugly truth. 
and other films, even The Worst Person in the World, which we all agreed was high art, but we all kind of had very similar takes on that movie. It's kind of interesting that her, we came away with a lot of different expectations or perspectives on it. God, aren't I unbearably pretentious. Anyway, fuck you. You just quoted what I said and then said <laughs> pretentious. No, it sounds Twat. terrible when I say it. I think uh, it sounds awful when I say it, but I think I've took my headphones off, so I don't have to hear it. Uh, no, it sounds great when you say it. Oh, um, darling, that's very kind. Thank you. Martin, do you want to say it and give us, a, give us an audition? Uh, no. <laughs> Comments? I'm not even going to go that far with it. Just no. Wow. Whew, he's abandoning the catchphrase. Oh, no, like. don't, no chance of that. Next week, next week, next week. Okay, next. we're we're doing like an acceleration to like back to romance, as far as I'm concerned. Back to the future. The, back to the future, and also back to the past. We'll call it back to the past. Uh-huh. We're going what back, we doing, George. To, oh my god! Going? Next week we're going we to going? 1998 of my best friend's wedding. 1998. 1998. Oh Christ. 1998's masterpiece of rom-com subversion anti-rom-com starring Julia Roberts and Dermot Moroni and Cameron Diaz is back again this season in a good way or a bad way oh we'll find out what did you say Martin I'm saying it. I'm, I'm here before I say I will not enjoy that film but let's find out <laughs> I to be honest I, I kind of think Martin's not, you know maybe Martin's not going to high or low or know it so maybe he's going to think this is slime but there's slime. A, I mean there's look not a, it, it can't be worse than The Ugly Truth, can no, it? it definitely can't be worse than The Ugly Truth. Oh. I think of the rom-coms that we've, we'll be doing this season, one of the things which look and feel like modern rom-coms, I think you're going to like this one the most. I'm going to hold you to that, George, because oh I still God, haven't forgiven you for The Ugly Truth yet, so I'm going to fucking hold you <laughs> to that. Well, that's very exciting, George. I cannot wait. Anyway, it is for this week. Goodbye from point Martin. And it's goodbye <laughs> from <laughs> Joseph. And it's goodbye from George. I'm off to fall in love with my phone. Ah, if only. <laughs> Before we start, yeah, Martin. In a word, is it the cricket? Is cricket? it the cricket? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Like, oh, Ma- Martin. In a word, everything, everywhere, all at once. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to watch that film, Joe. Okay. Yeah, I'll Joe. Watch. Seriously, recommend that. Yeah, like because it's Michelle I- Yeoh. Oh shit! Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, she did pop into my head. Um, one sultry evening. So I, w- I, w- I will, yeah. Is it a cinema? I don't think it's playing anymore, but it lasted a surprisingly long time. Still continue. on in Manchester if you want to come here. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it for Michelle. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll find a way to watch it. No, Ju- Jurassic World Dominion booted it out of cinemas. <laughs>